This is evangelist Ronnie Casillas, and you're tuning in to Sounding Out to the Nations, a podcast of Refiner's Fire Ministries. We're so glad you're listening to this podcast today. Our prayer is that you would be blessed of God, that you would be um, matured, and, and, and that you would grow in the Spirit and in your knowledge of the Word of God. Uh, to a point that you would just be transformed by the Spirit of the living God as you listen in and today. Uh, our heart is to sound out the word to the nations, and we're busy about doing doing conferences and crusades and revivals all across the world. Uh, about to go on a trip to the Philippines where I have a conference scheduled as well as two revivals. Please keep us in your prayer. Uh, I want to talk to you this day about the power of Pentecost. The scripture says in Acts 1 and 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. I heard a story about a large two-engine train that was making its way across America. While crossing the western mountains, um, one of the engines broke down. No problem, said the conductor. We can make it to Denver and get a replacement engine there. Uh, he, He carried us, and he moved and he carried us on half power. Carried on, rather, on half power, because he only had one engine. Further on down the line, like if you didn't guess by now, the engine broke down. The one engine that was left operating broke down. It was too much stress for him to pull that with one engine. Too much weight. And so the engineer needed to inform the passengers about why the train had stopped. He was a very, very positive, positive, optimistic man never liked to talk negatively about anything and so he said ladies and gentlemen i have some good news and i have some bad news the bad news is that both engines have failed and we will be stuck here for some time until the additional engine arrives the good news is that you didn't take the trip in a plane (laughs) that would have been a disaster wouldn't it some people find positive things in everything regardless of the situation they're facing and so uh, the first point I want to make today is I want to talk to you about a passion for power see man's instinct for power man wants power there is no instinct of the human heart so strong as a craving for power might or power dominion is the attribute of God most coveted of men satan in fact snatched at it and fell he he just fell he was wrong in his spirit and uh try to take the throne away from god almighty see that same craving was the undoing of the human race satan put in the thought into adam and eve's mind that you shall be as god that was the appeal that prevailed in fact man was made for thrones and dominion made to rule this earth And he knew it, Satan knew it good and well, and he snatched at it, and man fell. Even there, 
and even then the instinct for power remained. It is the dominant passion of the human race and the key to its history. We're up, we're up, uh, obsessed um, with power. In fact, we try to measure power. We, uh, when it comes to tornadoes and hurricanes, we we list them by categories. We try to measure their power. Uh, electricity. Uh, you know, we have in church sound systems and and electrical power running to, through the lights and and. Um, uh, we see that, and we're obsessed with power. In fact, uh, there's meters outside the buildings and our homes that measure uh, power or electricity by kilometers. And so uh, we see that dial or, or uh, thing moving in circles on the meter, and we think, man, that's a lot of power going out. That's going to cost me a lot of money. And we're obsessed with with power. But the Bible tells us the power of God cannot be measured. It, it cannot be measured. And so uh, man was made for thrones and dominions and made to rule. And so remember that as you obsess your, your mind and your heart with power to make sure that you obsess yourself uh, simply for the power of God and nothing else. The power to do things for God, the power to witness, the power to minister to those that are around you. In fact, He empowers your words so that you can be bold and effective in sharing the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done for you. Make sure you keep that power in check. See, the pursuit of power is man's number one drive. The This determination in man to to cause is cause for most of the wars that have ever been fought in history. Its urge has been around since the early days of human existence. The kingdoms of the world are built on the love of power. Uh, remember the story of, of uh, Babylon? And um, it's a symbol of ambition, how they try to build a tower. The Tower of Babel uh, was, was uh, built to reach unto heaven and make its people a name that would endure forever. And so man was made for the heights and man was made for power. The problem is we were tarnished by sin and we think wrong and we feel wrong and we obsess for things and, and, and try to attain things that are wrong for us. And... Um, so we've got to be very, very careful uh, with power. Remember, God destined man for a throne, but Satan promised man a kingdom if he would just simply bow down before him and pay homage to him. Then um, he would he would give him the kingdoms of this world. In fact, he tried to tempt Jesus in the same way. There was difference between God's purpose, though, and Satan's promise for power. The kingdom, um, the kingdoms were not the same. Neither was the way the same. God's way is the way of peace, while Satan's way is the way of lawlessness. And God brings it as a gift that must wait in patience and trust. And Satan's bid, he bids man to snatch at it, to demand it as a right, and to take it. The devil's doctrine has always been that power is right. 
that no authority must stand between man and his will. It's an animal instinct. It's a self-gratification. It's passion to have and to know. God's way is the way of surrender of self on the altar of sacrifice. Calvary and the way of the cross is God's way. It's a way of sacrificial living. In the kingdom of heaven, the bleeding lamb is on the midst of the throne. The way of power is the way of the cross. Pentecost always comes after Calvary. Remember that. After you surrender some things, God pours His Spirit upon your life. God's way gets you there. The other ends in the ditch and in the pit of despair. So there's a passion for power in man. Second, there is a promise of power. Man needs power. He is of no use without it. Dominion is impossible without authority, and authority is useless without power. Man must have power. It is his supreme need. Without power, he can do nothing. Remember that. For the kingdom of God, without power, you can do nothing. He needs it. Man needs it for both character and inheritance. He cannot be what he was made to be, and he cannot do what he ought to do without power, the power of God. The gift of power was the last promise of our Lord Jesus Christ and the first declaration of the Spirit. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, is what he said. And so those were his last words, his last command here upon this earth. Uh, we're to be expectant of the power of God. And the Holy Spirit is the source of God's power for our life. The Spirit of God is always associated with energy and vitality and power. He brooded over the chaos of the world. Remember in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3? And he brought it in, uh, uh, into order and under control. He, out of chaos, he made something good for us. He was God's gift to man, the Holy Spirit I'm talking about, at his creation. It was the breath of God that distinguished man from the rest of his creatures. During the Old Testament scriptures, the Spirit was given to men chosen for special t tasks or works. Remember the prophets spoke uh, that he would be pure, poured forth upon all flesh. That Jesus And Jesus manifested the Spirit as he revealed the Father to us. There was a promise of power. The gift of the Spirit of God's is God's gift of power. The, remember that. The gift of the Spirit is God's gift of power to the church for effective witnessing, for holiness in life, and for consecrated service unto God. You want to obey? You need the power of the Spirit of God. You need your mind renewed? You need the power of God's Word. Uh, but the power of the Spirit of God is meant to give, to allow you to operate in God's authority, to allow you to walk in correctness and give you force in speech so that your words are effective as you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. On the day of Pentecost, they spoke as the Spirit of God gave them utterance, the Bible says. They spoke with authority, with certainty, 
and with power because they spoke of an experience that they had had with the Holy Spirit. It was an experience of revealed truth that was interpreted by the Holy Ghost. And so the power the power of God, there must be a passion for power. There must be the promise of power. you got to take that promise of God, get a hold of it, begin to dwell upon that with your mind and your heart and your spirit, begin to declare the Word of God, begin to proclaim the promise of power upon your life to walk on that straight and narrow path. And so third of all is the principles of power. Not only must there be a passion for power, you have to desire that, folks, in other words. You have to you have to set your heart to battle for that until you receive the power of God in your life. There, there, and you stand on, on God's promise, the promise of power. But third, there is a principle of power. Spiritual power is conditional. Spiritual power is subject to certain conditions, in other words. The power of the Spirit is inseparable from His person. God does not sell His attributes. His promise cannot be rented. It cannot be detached from His presence. He strengthens you by indwelling inside you. He is not simply the giver of power. He wields it. No one else can. No one else can promise you power, spiritual power. It is His power working in us that makes us all-powerful for all the will of God. We can do all things through Christ Jesus. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. The Bible tells us it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. Let me share with you where man often fails. We try to accomplish much in much in life apart from his presence. We want visible results, dramatic results. We want to see signs and wonders and mighty works done by the Spirit of God, but we don't yield ourselves to him. See, we have to begin to operate in the principles of God's word, the principles of power, and that is to submit ourselves to the living God. We want these things to manifest in our life, then we're going to have to give something for it. He comes to make us effective in all the will of God. The work of the Spirit depends upon the power of the Spirit. No other power will do. No other power will do. The energy of the flesh cannot do the work of the Spirit. For His power is the the power of the flesh is no substitute for the power of the Spirit of the living God. And so the work of the church is supernatural. Then we must depend on the Holy Spirit. It cannot be done in the strength of the natural man. Remember, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. There is no excuse for failure, no justification and no ineffectiveness when we're trusting in the Spirit of God. Why? For the Spirit of God is the Spirit of power. The gift of the Spirit is the inheritance of every believer in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we receive Him as our Lord and Savior, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. When we press on and we're passionate about the things of God, 
God baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. The difference between the two is that the first one, when we receive Jesus, He fills us with the Spirit. It only the filling just can only get to a certain point. That's to the top of the glass. Well, baptism means total immersion. That means the glass drops down into the water and begins to bubble up and bubble over. You, you've done that before. You can you place a glass in a bucket of water and you'll begin to see bubbles coming up. It's because the glass is bubbling over with water. Well, when Jesus baptizes us in the Spirit of God, uh, we begin to bubble over. We begin to pour out. We begin to pour out from the inside out. And so not only are we filled with the Holy Spirit so we can live a good life, but we can we can be baptized or to a point where we're pouring out of the Spirit of God in ministry and reaching out to the lost, reaching out to the hurting, reaching out to those that are that are in need of an answer. And his, the answer is Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. So the Spirit of God is the Spirit of power. Remember that. The Spirit of the, uh, or the gift of the Spirit is the inheritance of every believer in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's yours, in other words. You've got to strive for it. You've got to go beyond just being filled to being baptized, to being over in an overflow condition. Uh, ministry becomes a joy when you're overflowing in the Spirit of God. The Spirit of power is the same Spirit that raised the dead, that cleansed the lepers, that cast out devils. The Spirit of power transforms man into saints and into heroes for God. Where there is the Spirit of power, conviction accompanies speech or words. Signs and wonders follow the believers. The hearts of the evildoers are uncovered. Rulers uh, tremble at his presence. The dead hear his voice. Disease flees the touch of the spirit of power. Devils are subject to their word, uh, uh, to the word of those filled with the spirit of power. The presence of the spirit endues men with divine authority and power. They are sure of mind. And 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 operate in the mind of with the mind of God, for they are taught of the Spirit. They ask and they receive, for they pray in the Spirit. They work mighty works, for they are strengthened in the might of the Spirit of God. The normal life of the church is filled, inspired, and empowered in the fullness of the Spirit of the Living God. Remember that when you're lacking. And you're you're just moving along at a slow pace in the spirit. Uh, you need an infilling of God. In fact, Ephesians five eighteen tells us to be, and the Greek says it like this: to be being filled with the Spirit of God. Every single day, we need to be passionate about walking in the fullness of the Spirit of God. I heard about a, a missionary named Herbert Jackson. Uh, he tells a story about how, as a new missionary, he was assigned a car that would not start without a push. So after pondering his problem for a while, he devised a plan. He went to the school near his home, and he got permission to take, I mean, it was just a short walk away from his house. 
he got permission um, to take some some of the children out of class and had them push his car um, down the hill. And as he made his way down the hill, the car would start. As he made his rounds, he would either park on a hill uh, or leave the engine running. He did this for several years. In fact, he was a missionary there for two years. And um, at some point he got sick and he was forced to leave the mission field. And a new missionary came to take the the position. And, and uh, he handed the car keys to this man and told him, look, you're going to have trouble. Um, I park my car on a hill or I have... Uh, an agreement with the principal of the school to use his students to help push my car down the hill so that it can start. It only starts with a push or a rolling start. As I pop my clutch out, it starts right up, but it doesn't start no other way. And the missionary, the new missionary, uh, opened up the hood and he realized that there was a cable uh, that was twisted and he re- he went to the auto store auto parts store and he bought a uh, new cable for it and the car started right up as he pushed the switch and um, uh, he thought about that and he he called the um, the missionary uh, missionary Jackson and he told him look he says you've been pushing this car all this time and all it needed was a cable to start right up as it's meant to start. And he says, you struggled all these years, these couple of years that you were a missionary for nothing. I mean, um, this car starts right up. And I'm afraid that too many Christians walk in the same way without the power of God, without the switch to turn on the power of God. The switch, of course, is power. It's um, uh, prayer. And it's praise. As you begin to declare the word of God over your life, you begin to declare that you can do all things through Christ Jesus. That it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. As you begin to trust God to fill you with his glory and his power and his passion for the things of God, you will walk a spirit-filled life. Listen, someone once paraphrased this scripture in Ephesians 1 19 verse 19 and verse 20 by saying this how tremendous is the power available to us who believe in god when we make firm our conviction with god his life and his power flow through us what a great paraphrase when we make firm our connection with god his life and power flow through us that is so true we must we must be connected with our God. And we do this through prayer, through praise, and through our passion for the things of God. Live your life out with passion for the things of God. God bless you. And my prayer is that you would just stand firm in the Word of God. That you would just grow in leaps and bounds. And you would begin to see the presence of God throughout your life. Amen. God bless all of you, and thank you for tuning in to Sounding Out to the Nations, a podcast of Refiner's Fire Ministries.